0: Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Tim Berg and Kendall Miles. Above 180.com's Tim Berg and Storm's web content manager and former collegiate bowler at Weber International University, Kendall Miles, are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people
1: involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Tim and Kendall. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Del Warren. Dell is a director of bowling and head men's coach for Weber International University Dell it's Timberg and Kendall miles here thank you for joining us today Oh it's awesome
0: to be here um, you guys are awesome and uh, especially to, to be on with Kendall who's uh, just uh, near and dear to my heart and uh, so this is this is really pretty cool to be on with uh, one of our graduates.
1: It certainly is. We I can't I can't say we've ever had this on a show before. When I was doing the show with Steve, we never we never did, and we uh, certainly haven't with Kendall. So I'm glad you're able to join us, Dell, and make some time in your very busy schedule. As Weber International, your men's team there and your women's team, you're getting ready to head out for your first tournament. As we tape this on Monday, you guys are bowling this weekend. What are you? What are some last minute preparations, or what are you telling the teams as they practice this week and get ready?
0: Okay, so what we're doing this week, they're actually in the middle of uh, Wednesdays uh, we're in the middle of a tryouts for Vegas, um, which is our last term in uh, last two terms of the semester. So Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, they are scrimmaging Baker. And then they have two individual practices that they come in on their own time, and they're practicing spare shooting and drills. So what we're doing is we're practicing um the interaction that you have to have, as Kendall knows, in Baker. They're learning each other's moves. Um, they're practicing how we break down a lane and warm up. Um, and they're just kind of, you know, getting a feel for, I, I believe in doing rehearsals. So, you know, if you're... If you're uh, on Broadway show and, you know, when you're walking through rehearsal, you're you're doing exactly what you would do opening night. So right. this week is all about doing exactly what we're going to do at SCAD with the teams that we're actually together. And they're doing a competition. And so, you know, I had to emphasize that, like, like listen, this isn't a Monday, have fun practice, just be goofy thing. This is your instinct. You're in Savannah where you're making moves, you're competing. Um, there's a cut, and you're learning each other's moves, and you're communicating, and you're being present. So, you know, I believe that, you know, you are what you practice. And, uh, and so that's where we're at. And then Wednesday, they actually, um, they're, they're on round six of the Trout for Vegas. So it's, it's going to be, you know, eight games across the center, a pretty heavy competition. Um, and right now we're into dual patterns. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty busy week. And, um, but this is really more about, this is our first tournament. So I'm, I'm just, I'm watching. I'm getting feedback. I'm seeing, looking at mixtures. I'm looking at, uh, you know, what's our biggest opportunity to get better after we come back. And then we go right to Atlanta, which is, you know, Kendall's stomping ground and, you know, yeah. Kendall, we don't go to the place we used to eat, where we used to get the great Italian food and desserts anymore. I don't oh, yeah. know why. Oh pasta bellas. Oh my <laughs> lord! I think I ate enough calories for four meals, and, and that and that that was a lot of fun. But uh, we have our first tier one coming up as well. So, um, and then you know we're going to be going bang bang right out of the gate. So, um, so that's really what we're focused on and uh, getting them used to. You know, the skills that they need. And as Kendall knows, um, communication is huge in Baker. Um, keeps the team present. It keeps the team moving with transition. It's making sure that we don't leave anybody behind with transition and nobody misses a move. And, and they're learning their moves off each other. So that all begins, you know, um, th- that actually probably began about a month ago. So, um, so that's, that's pretty much it.
2: Yeah, and I want to first off, you know, say how much of it, how cool this is and surreal for me to be able to, to to have you on the show and you know be able to share it with the world, the knowledge that you've shared with me, and just be able to pass it on, you know, from, from my own you know knowledge on to others. And I just want to always thank you for everything you showed me personally and those kids in the program. So again, this is surreal for me and it's very very special to have you on. Um, but you know, one thing you touched on that you know again, I, and I really enjoyed my time down there. Tell us a little bit about the tryout process for the students. It's a little bit different than most teams might experience. So if you don't mind and what are you willing to share, tell us a little bit about their their tryout process it's like to make for a tournament.
0: Sure. So I believe um, that our program, um, which is called the Weber Way, which is our culture, is really – and Kendall's – heard this before that like if all I ever teach you to do is be a good bowler I've kind of failed you as your coach my job is to get you ready for the next phase of your life and so the culture here which you hear Weber way it's really about a way of being so it's everything you do is about getting better and being excellent so you know in the real world um you're only as good as kind of your last thing and you have to show up every day and do your job for your for your company and uh, or whatever you're being paid to do. And so I don't have any guaranteed spots. And we have trials for every tier one. And I take the top five and three coaches picks. And, you know, Russo, uh, Marcelo, Tom, Diana, they all went through this. There was no guaranteed spots. And so they, they, can't, they, they can't just kind of finish 12th or 13th and think they're automatically going to get picked. And um, what that does is number one, it, it, it makes sure that they understand they gotta show up every day. All right, that's real world. Secondly, it keeps the ones like on the developmental team and the ones on the on the on the outskirts that need to increase their skill level, it gives them something to shoot for. Because I'll give you an example. Last year Garrett was hurt, he wasn't on our roster for semester. Has never bowled on varsity, did drills through his rehab, came back a better bowler after he hadn't touched the ball in six months after surgery, and went from led everything on a tier, his first tier two back. I gave him a shot at varsity, bowled phenomenal in his opportunity to bowl on varsity, and made it all the way to varsity and leapfrogged a whole bunch of people because he stayed in shape even going through his rehab so it allows those people on the outskirts to keep moving forward and 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 it gives it, it makes you, it makes you show up every day and for the ones that don't and kind of they by the wayside and as Kendall knows that's just kind of life I guess um, you have a lot of people that just come out of nowhere every year and make varsity and those those are the stories that I'm most proud of and the ones that as Kendall also knows, irritates me the most is when you have somebody that's talented that doesn't do their best, that should be up there and doing X, Y, Z. But because they don't apply themselves and give 100% every day, they actually get out by someone that's less experienced, less skilled, um, that puts the time in and actually beats them. So we've developed this over the years, um, some by accident, some by trial and error, some by like you know, molding our culture. And I'm really, really proud of it. And we've actually had people say, well, if you don't guarantee my son a spot, if I go so-and-so, they're going to guarantee me a spot. I'm like, see ya. Have a nice day. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in guaranteed spots because it, it causes complacency. And if you're, if you're on the developmental team or if you're on JV2, 18, 19 year old kids are not and you say, oh, you're only going to get this one shot at it, these 30 days here in September, and you won't get another shot for another year, who is mature enough to be able to just bust their rear end for a year to have another shot in a year? Nobody that I know of. So this keeps everybody present and everybody moving forward. And, of course, we have kids that, you know, they figure out maybe this program isn't for them. Or maybe bowling isn't for them. Or, you know, I like bowling more on a social level, but I really don't want to go to the gym. I don't really care about studying my mental game. And I like bowling, but I, I find out that I'm really not that into it. Um, and that's okay. Um, because, you know, every program has is not for everybody. So this really shows me over the course of how crazy long the college bowling season is. Who really, really wants to get better? And uh, I'm really, um, we refine it every year. We learn new things every year. We delete some other things. Um, But again, it's more of a reflection of the real world of, you got to, you know, I had another good year last year and my boss is happy with the job that I did. And, but if, I mean, if I take the first quarter off, you know, we're going to have a discussion it's going to be probably in front of the hr department <laughs> right <laughs> so i mean again it's 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 uh, i i'm really proud that our culture has become has helped them prepare for the next chapter of their life whatever that is
1: Dell, you mentioned kind of refining things and changing things. One of the things, and maybe it's been there and I've just missed it, but I, I'd like you to speak on it even if it has been, is I'm seeing on your website where you have your staff, you guys have a bowling athletic trainer and a strength and conditioning coach. How important, and you mentioned, uh, alluded to as well, going to the gym, how important is that to these young collegiate players, whether they're a freshman or a senior? Well, I, I believe
0: that, all right, so I'm going to answer this two ways, as, as Kendall knows, because I'm just I'm, I just, I'm not a short answer kind of guy, but um, <laughs> I think through COVID, and this is, anything that happens with the program is my fault, I think we got a little bit um, lackadaisical and we tended to use COVID as an excuse, and, you know, the school, as everybody, everybody had a huge challenge of not going out of business, but yet, you know, keeping people in school and safe and all that stuff, and So this was uncharted waters for everybody. So I think, you know, we we didn't do as much checking in the past. This year, um, we have a new strength and conditioning coach, a new trainer, and I sat down with her and I said, listen, in the past, we've taken this very seriously. Okay, we're gonna do it again. Um, I expect a high level of accountability. And she says, well, I wanted to start studying the bowling game. I go, you don't have to. Train them like running backs. I said, "Do you train your linemen the same as running backs?" No. Okay. So train them like running backs. They need to be agile, fast, strong. They got to think on their feet. We want fast-twitch muscle fibers. They need to be explosive with balance. She said, "I got it." And I said, "I want them weight training. I don't care about cardio. We're not running." You know we're not running you know i don't want them running on pavement with their knees and their ankles what you know if you want to get their heart rate up do hits. if you want them you know you want to work on some reactionary stuff do sprints but they don't want them jogging around the lake for you know three miles so she said i completely get it so it's been high intensity again back high level of accountability um, she's not fooling around. If you don't show up, if you're 15 minutes late, um, you're not going to like her very much. And what I tell the kids is, you know, what do you think Duke basketball and Alabama football are doing right now? I go, bowling is at the level, you know, 19 miles an hour, 400 RPMs. And you've got to do it under pressure. And a sixteenth of an inch at the head pin I means the difference between a bucket and a Wally. And you gotta, you got and we're balling, we're standing on our feet for eight hours under pressure. You don't think you need to be in shape? So there are kids that, um, you know, in their evaluation, couldn't do three pull-ups, couldn't do ten push-ups. So again, we're dealing with a generation that didn't walk to school, didn't ride their bikes, didn't have paper routes, didn't do a lot of outdoor, outdoor activities. They've lost a lot of flexibility because we sit. We are not, as human beings, designed to sit. So they can't even do a squat correctly because they sit all the time. So bowling is incredibly physical at the level of college bowling. And we bowl a lot. I mean, you're talking 50, 60 games a week. So it is one of the keystones and always has been of our bowling program, but we, every year, uh, you know, we, we find a way to get to another level. And I'm, and I'm happy that I told her that I don't care about cardio. you if you're weight training and doing it right with all the different, like a running back, your, your heart's going to be exploding out of your chest. Mm-hmm. So we've already, and what's funny is I've asked the kids several times. I'm like, how do you like your trainer? We love it. We love it. She's really good. So and then we have somebody else that when they get injured, there's a protocol that they have to follow. So they get a little knee soreness, a little wrist soreness. Maybe they got a little irritation in their hip. They have to go see the person designated for the team. And then I get a note, I get a report every week of anybody that's got any type of physical issues. And then with the, you know, what, what the treatment is, you know, and whether or not they're allowed to practice or not. So, and they've, you know, they've been coming to practice at least once a week, both of them to watch the team. So we're, it's, it's every bit as important as anything that I can teach them for sure. And I've got two (coughs) two handed women this year and I told them, I want you lifting and I want you lifting heavy. You've got to put on muscle and I want you eating a lot of protein. And we've seen their ball speeds go up a mile an hour already, and it's, we're only two months into the into the into the season. So it's it's a huge payoff.
2: So you know I want to touch on this. You know you we have a lot of coaches that do listen to this podcast, and you know when you talk about you know the players that have left the program, you're talking Gary Faulkner, who's a major champion um daria uh, daria who's who won the pva pwba tour verity crawley um diana zavyalova who's won a major championship you know you have people who work in the industry like myself as stormy or katie thornton is the head coach of a success very successful college team um and you have you know matt Gasson, he was there and he's a he's rsm for stormy so you have you know people who have left the program that have found success within the space of bowling so you know i guess kind of a two-parter what have you done within the program to develop players and not only players but just great human beings but also for coaches listening what have you done as a coach within yourself coming from being a player and you won on the at the highest level and now you coach to the highest level for the coaches listening what have you done implemented within the program to create not only great bowlers but a, a byproduct of just people who are successful within the space?
0: Well, I appreciate the, the kind words, Kendall, but um I I think it's just wired into me and Randy. Um, because of our age, I think we grew up at a time where accountability wasn't even a word. It was just expected. Um, giving your best. I mean, I went on tour when I was 19. Nobody had to tell me I had to do my best. I mean, we we didn't even use that. I mean, you just, you wanted to get better. So now you have all these phrases and politically correctness stuff where for us, it's just common sense, right? So there's a high level of accountability in everything that we do. Um, I think we've gotten better over the years with empathy of trying to understand first when someone breaks the rules or someone is doing a behavior that's not in the best interest of them or the school, of trying to understand where that's coming from, um, we've gotten uh, um, we've got them to understand how this is preparing them for life. We spend a lot of time. I show them a lot of TED Talk videos, a lot of YouTube videos. Um, you know, Kendall, I'm I'm really good at being nimble on my feet. So mm-hmm. every year we start with a format, but the program is always flexible enough. Based on who the personnel is now, so we have our Weber Way awards, right? And um, you know, be present and patient, constant learning, team first attitude, which is a, a new one, um, and uh, um, you know, be better, be better today than you were yesterday. Um, these are all kind of cliches. But when you start to apply them, they're really important. You know, we've got some kids now that aren't in bowling that are making over a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. They don't even have their master's degree. And they say they say to me, like, man, I'm glad you're doing so well. And, you know, they say, well, coach, all I do is apply what I learned in the bowling. what you've always said. And I said, what particular part? And they said, make yourself invaluable to your boss. So where they never have to worry about you and they'll throw money at you. Because today, everybody's always making an excuse. It's always someone else's fault. Most employees are doing, now you got this new thing called uh, quietly quitting, right? Mm-hmm. It's such a bad mm-hmm. message. That's like saying, okay, when you bowl in the Weber program, do just enough to make the team. That's such a bad message. I mean, I get the underlying, right? Because there are such certain situations where. You know, the, there's a bad environment, a toxic environment at work. I get it. Okay. But in terms of what you're really saying, you're saying just do barely enough to get by. I mean, that's just, if you're an athlete, what a horrible thing to teach your students. So, again, this is really, it's it's more about, you know, I think Kendall was there. I had a meeting with the team. It just struck me. And I just said, hey, I have a really weird question. I know you guys are going to, you know, look at me like crazy. I said, when did lying become okay? That's just kind of how I'm wired. I, I grew up going to Sunday school. Um, my mom and dad were Christian. We were expected to go to church. And, you know, I'm 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 a, I'm a, a product of World War II parents. You know, so we served our country, we we were accountable, you know, we were taught that being being labeled a liar was really bad. Like like if if somebody says, yep, you, you have no integrity and you're a liar as a kid, that that was bad. And so I just asked the question. I could like I get lied to every day and you guys don't even blink. Like, do you understand how bad that is? You know, because one day you're going to be parents. What are you going to teach your kids? So that's kind of how I'm wired. And we've kind of. Um, Now what's really funny is, you know, Nate Garcia is a college coach, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and, you know, and I gave him a hug (laughs) at a tournament, you know, last year. And I said, you know, karma coming to get you, you're going to get a kid just like you, buddy. (laughs) He goes, coach, I got three of them. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, how come they won't listen to me? And, you know, they don't go to class and, you know, they, they, you know, they don't want to, you know, they want to bring all their own stuff and not, you know, and I go, Come on, you know, come on, Nate, you know, you know, you lived it. It wasn't that long ago. And he goes, yeah, you know, coach, I really, you know, I'm sorry. And they all end up apologizing. I've gotten some of the best text messages and emails from some of my biggest pain in the rear end kids ever. And now they get in life
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they hear my voice, you know, Evan Bernacki. I hear Dell. I hear Dell. My boss said this. Yep. I hear (laughs) Dell. I hear Dell. And you know, so I'm, so I think if you stay here long enough, the message has to be consistent and the coaches have to live what we're teaching or we have no credibility. Well, this is easy. This is always how I've lived. It doesn't mean I don't make mistakes, but the kids know they're always getting the truth. The kids know they're always getting my best and the kids know that if I screw up, I'm going to sit in a meeting and go, Hey guys, you know, we played bad on Saturday. I got, I drew an own part of the lane, man. And I'm sorry. You know, we should have did this and this and this man, that's my bad. So this is the teaching them this. It's really easy because that's just how I was raised. Um, navigating through the political correctness of the world today is a, is probably a bigger challenge. Um, but then, when the kids apply the Weber way and the expectation, now when they get into the real world and the expectation is to be average and that's good enough. And now all of a sudden they can't stand to be average. They become very successful. And then all of a sudden they have an aha moment. And Mm -hmm. you know, the bowling bowling. part that's the, as Kendall knows, that's the easy part. You know, if you right. apply this with the coaches here in the facility we have, making you a great player, that's like falling off a log, man. But getting you to understand how to apply are the skills you're going to learn so that you can be, like John Davis used to say, I'm telling you, when we started the bowling team, he never asked how the team was doing in terms of score or tournaments. That doesn't mean, you know, he was around for 2012, which was really cool, in 2008, but but he always asked the same question. Del, are we turning out better human beings, better fathers, better community leaders? Are we turning out the next generation that might be able to save bowling? Those were the questions that he was asking about the bowling team. And, you know, I think me and Randy and Rick and Ruben, we're old enough from a different generation that this is kind of how we're wired. It, it's not difficult. Um, but some of the most proud things, as Kendall knows, is, you know, when my buddy Mike Kabaki, you know, um, a lot of the players, I mean, you've named some players that, you know, that are well-known because they've gone on to bowl. But a lot of our players have come from our developmental team. And Michael say to me, so where, where did you get that kid from? I don't remember seeing him at junior gold. I'm like, cause yeah, he finished like 800 at the junior gold. He wasn't very good. Well, man, is he throwing good. That's, from a bowling standpoint, that's, that's, I, I love that. That's mm-hmm. means we're doing our job and, um, you know, we get good kids, we get Bruce's and Kendall's and, you know, but a lot of our varsity team, man, didn't have much of a resume coming out of high school. So, but, you know, Evan is just like, uh, Ma, uh just like Kendall, you know, I just saw Evan at the John Janowitz, uh, Surprise birthday party that the Harmons threw for him, yeah. and he, he hugs me every time, tells me he loves me, and you know that he's just doing really well in his life. And he he tells it to me every time. I said, Evan, I, I get it. I, you know, I get it. Thanks. You know, but it's just really cool when they apply what you what really the bowling program is all about, and uh, it's it's not that difficult. It's just frustrating when you know they don't see it when they're here, and then they. They finally they say, "Oh man, I get it now." And they're in the real world, and thank God they get it. But now that there's regret, like, "Oh man, I could have been so much better when I was in college. Why didn't I listen to coach?" (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: amazing, and you know, I want to elaborate on that a a a second. You know, again, this is a very special moment for me, and hearing you say this, I mean, I have goosebumps through and through right now, and almost it almost brings me to tears a little bit because. It is truly such an, a special experience to have been a part of that. And and everything you're saying is going to be accurate. And I think all of us, you know, at least, at least for my generation, again, like the David Lances and the Aaron Rodovich and, like you said, Matt Russo and myself, and we all, you know, again, you, winning a national championship is not handed, And you know, there are struggles. And there are – Ramon Hilfrink, I mean, again, works at Bold Tech, phenomenal player in person as well. You know, it's not something that's given. It's not something that's handed to you. And it's not just like, oh, we're great players. We're going to win. Their struggles of being a teammate, being 21, 22 years old in college, you know, there's so many things in the battle. And in the moment, you're like, oh, this is the worst. And why is this happening this way? And you question it so much. Like, why am I up at 5 o'clock to go to the gym? Why does that matter? And and it, it, again, it brings me to tears almost because it's I don't know what kind of person I'd be without that program. And like you said, it, it's – you don't notice it until you're in that – you know, I mean, you had a call probably when I was maybe 24, 25, Dell. I remember like it was yesterday, and we talked for a while, and I'm like, I get it. I get why you were so hard. I mean, you know, I, I never forget the moment. I uh, We're bowling in Malatosa, first time of the year. I'm throwing a smack down, and I'm in the anchor spot. And I, I think I go like maybe like six or seven in a row spare – And I think I opened in a 10th, and I threw it scared. And I threw it – but I might have gone spare strike. I can't remember the scenario. But I, like, I didn't punch in a 10th, and I had a phenomenal look. And you were so disappointed and upset. I'm like, I just shot 250. Like, what's the problem? You're like, you didn't believe that you deserved to shoot 279 there. Like, you didn't believe it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I threw it decent. In that moment on, it's like, you don't know what you're capable of in the moment, but like someone like yourself, though, you saw that in myself and other players. So now that I've gone on to this next part of my life, like I'm seeing that, like you just, you just know sometimes you just, you just know, but you don't see it when you're 21, 22 years old. And it's, it's so special now being this age, again, like the Evan Bernacki's and Aaron Rodovich. And it's, it's so, it's so much bigger than bowling. It truly, truly is. And, Hey, it's, it's hey, hey Kendall, do you things.
0: know what you know what kind of photograph I got yesterday? Oh boy, I got Aaron being sworn in because he passed the bar. He did pass all oh, that. He so passed great. the bar, I... and his mother last night sent a picture of him being sworn in by the judge who he's clerking for for the next two years. He just moved to to St. Louis. He dude, he's a mm-hmm. lawyer, and he wow. passed the bar. He said, he, he said it. Wow. You know, and, you know, Tim, it sounds wonderful and easy to get where we need to go every year is a struggle. I mean, Kendall was a part of a lot of difficult meetings. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, if you come out the other end and you end up trusting each other, that's the other thing. You know, Matt, going into his senior year, Matt Russo said to me, I realized that I don't have to agree with you in order to win a national championship. And and he had one he had the one of the best years, if not the best year any senior ever had in the history of college bowling. He out averaged the field by ten pins a game. He was ten pins a yeah. game up on the second place guy. And I was talking to a lot of the old timers, the guys that have been coaching a lot longer than me, and he says we've never heard we've never seen anybody do that. Most of the time it's two, three, four pins and he just he thought that you know we had to like each other and we had to always agree and i and you know and i go dude you don't you don't have to always agree i don't always agree with my boss we have some pretty spirited conversation about my business model but i don't take what he says personally and i i and i listen to his point of view and he listens to my point of view we make each other better even though we don't necessarily agree so that, to me, was the moment, you know, going into his senior year where I think we got over the hump of trust. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. You, you have to trust people, learn to trust people and respect people even though you may not agree. And that's a heck of a life skill that comes out of the whole struggle of being the best team you can be. Because, Tim, the easy part is, you know, individually teaching you a good swing, how to move, how to read lanes, you know, how to get more confidence as an individual. The hard part is to get eight people to play together as a unit and to get them to realize they need each other to win. They don't have to like each other. It does help. But when you, when you learn to value that person as a teammate and and you want good things to happen to them, those are my best teams. And trust me, um, the one year I probably had the best team talent-wise, probably the only year I've ever had the best team talent-wise, we didn't win because they just couldn't get along internally. Kendall knew that. Right. And so, you know, that's the – you know, the other thing is the the I think the coach and Kendall knows this, you know, I I cry every postseason. And when <laughs> we don't win, when I, we don't win, dude, I'm telling you, I'm a basket case for 2 weeks. Like I put all of it on me as the leader. I should have done this and I do reflection. You know, and then of course Dr. Dean, who's one of my mentors and Ruben, you know, you know, Dell, you can't throw it for him. You know, we did the best we could. We had him lined up, we had him prepared, you know. The last <laughs> Ruben said something to me that really made me bad what 2 years ago. We're sitting in the car outside, about and at two hours after we got done, and I'm 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 doing the Dell mope. I'm moping, you know.
1: <laughs> Ruben comes into the
0: car, and he goes, "Because we should have won, right?" I would think that every year, and and he and he says, "You know, Joe, you can't win them all." And I said, explicitly, I go, "Who made up that dumb rule? That's the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever heard." There was nobody, <laughs> and I told him, I go. Is there already a name on the trophy? No, last time I checked, it was blank. <laughs> That's who I am. So, you know, we, we train to, to win a national championship really hard, Tim. It's really hard. You know, you have to have your ducks in a row. you got to get a few breaks here and there. And it comes down to moments in every match. And by the time we get to postseason, I will say that we have a knack to getting our teams to peak. You know, Tom said this uh, when he graduated, he said, he said, because um, remember he had the COVID year, he said, mm-hmm. every year we've gone to sectionals, we went to a different venue, and we've won our section every year in a different venue. And I, and I, of course, I don't, Kendall knows, I, I don't remember any of that stuff. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, because every venue is different, right? And every team we we've, we've taken has been different. So, you know, um, I think life's a competition, Tim. And as I tell the kids, I go, there's winners and losers every single day in life. In business, there's things that happen in life that are really unfair. It's how do you deal with it? And how do you help other people get what they want in an unjust world? That's bowling, man. You think bowling's fair? You know? So... I, I'm really, really proud of that, and I'm proud that that kids have a an epiphany after even after they get out of college and uh, you know Kendall knows that you know Nate Nate and I and you know we've had uh, not just I but just in the program, Nate was pretty much a rebel. Well, now he's a college coach, and the two years he was at the other school before he started uh, at lMU, he did a really good job. Yeah, And, uh, you know, so I'm really those are the things that I think are lasting that I'm that I'm really proud of.
1: So, Dell, when you uh, you guys are getting ready for your first tournament, I feel like there have been some tournaments I've been been checking and keeping my eye on seem to be more regional based to me. But how much as a as a coach and as a program do you guys pay attention to those and look at those results or. Is it not even on your radar until you guys get to your first tournament? And I know we can't play defense in bowling, but if um, if a program just keeps uh, waxing the floor with everyone finishing first, it might be a, a team we have to keep note. Of. You guys maybe keep an extra eye on a little bit. Nah, I don't look at any of that stuff.
0: I um, I um, and I'll tell you a funny story about Coach Vatican. So I don't know, fifteen years ago or something. Um, Coach Vatican and I were, uh, you know, Kegel sponsors of the Team Masters. And so I think it was the Team Masters. I might have misspoke, but I was where he was doing a seminar and I was also doing a, a, a different seminar. And and I was like, oh, wow, Gordon Vatican, holy. And we just got into bowling. So it's like, man, maybe, you know, I don't know him. Will he talk to me? I don't know. You know, I mean, this guy's a legend. And I, I sat in his presentation and it was all about, it was called weeds. So you've got to take, you know, weeds out of your garden. And some people, you know, some some things look like a rose, but they're really weeds. And some things look like weeds, but they could be roses, you know, that kind of thing. Kind of like um, from good to great, where you've got to, you know, first get the right people in the right seats and get the wrong people off the bus. And then I asked him, I said, um, very ignorantly, because I didn't know anything about college bowling other than Nebraska and Wichita State. You know, and i was I had this very oh ignorant um uneducated thing about what college bowling was and and you know I was like, well, how hard could it be? you know we have practice after you know we give lessons and you know we pick the best eight and we go and we add the score up, like how hard could this be? you know that was my vision of college bowling, so pretty stupid and uh but I asked him, i said, um." You know, when you're bowling your rival, you know, like Michigan, Ohio State, you know, when you're bowling Nebraska, you know, two most you know successful programs. Like, don't you get up for that? And he says, I said, we do our thing no matter what. And he got really stern with (laughs) me, you know, because he basically said, we don't care who we're bowling. We do what we do. We have this thing that we do, and that's what we do. And, you know, not to sound like Coach Vatican, but that's what we do. We have something called the process, and we do our process. And it really doesn't matter who we're bowling. And, of course, I'm a fan of college bowling, and I have kids that I raised from the training center that I've coached that didn't necessarily come to Weber that had bowled on other teams. So, like Michael Harmon and a, a few other people that, you know, on Indiana Tech and this school and that school that I kind of keep track of Not because I'm interested on, I know who's good and who isn't good, Um, you know, just because I have relationships with other kids. But I don't really, you know, I don't really start thinking about postseason until we get to sectionals. Because up till then, to me, everything's a tryout. Everything I do is to get the team ready for sectionals. Everything. And if we get a chance to win a regular season tournament, of course we're going to try to win. But it's not about when we go there, it's not about winning it's what did we learn like if we win the tournament and we get worse at the thing the objectives that we need to get better at it's been a failure. you know if we finished third or fourth, but we got better at the things that we need to get better at as a team, then it's been great. so no I don't really I don't worry about the the pre- you know how many you know how many times the team that will finished first in the in the regular season won the national championship hardly ever so you know i know who's good and who isn't and i i pay attention when we go to tournaments i watch other teams um just to pick up different things and whatever but at the end of the day you know you're you're you know if you make it through sectionals and now you're match play somebody's got to get up there in the ninth ninth and the tenth and make and make a shot and then your preparation throughout the season gives them a better chance to do it. And, you know, sometimes they get lucky. Sometimes they get a bad break. Somebody goes Stone Age and the other guy goes Brooklyn. Well, you can't control that. Kendall, listen to me talk. But, you know, if that happens to us, you know, I'm, I'm kicking the car in the parking lot. <laughs> 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 you know, so... I'm I'm very you know I'm very sensible right now because we're we're just starting the season. I'm a little bit crazy come post season. <laughs> um, yeah, you
2: kind of touched on my next question there. You talked about kind of your initial thought of what college only was, and now you know now you've you've been in it for a while. And if you really think about it, Del, I was you know I was kind of a part of your first year of, of coaching. And and you've grown so much since then. And one question I love to ask um people who are on or, or who are on here is, you know, you again you, you bowled at every level there, you bowled at an extremely high level from from your teams all the way to now and now you're coaching at a very high level. So, you know, with that there comes a lot of failure, but a lot of obviously with that failure comes some success. So my question to you would be like, what's one thing you would tell young you being the first year of being a coach, now it's the level of coach you are now. What's kind of one piece of advice you would give to that year one or year two, Dell, that you've now experienced in uh, the
0: multiple seasons you've had now, Kendall? That's a great question. That is a that's a mature Kendall. Mile. That's that is the question. Um, to have more fun, to be more patient and more empathetic. And I think I'm sympathetic, but at times I need to be more empathetic. And I need to find out in certain situations um, because, you know, I can get really aggravated. And the things that I get aggravated the most is when people break their word to me or to the team or they Mm -hmm. do something selfish against the team or they make up an excuse for not doing their best. That drives me, as Dr. Dean would say, what happened in your young life? Because that behavior drives you more crazy than any person except for this one other coach that that we both know. And I won't mention her name, but that drives you crazy. So I would just say enjoy it a little bit more because I do have fun. Um, It keeps me young. And, we, Kendall, we laugh a lot. We joke a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, but I, I think I could enjoy it a little bit more. I think um, I certainly appreciate it a little bit more because I get to spend, my wife is a part of this, and she's part of the team, as you know. Um, but I think I need to be a little bit more patient and a little bit more empathetic at times. So, and I have, it's really fun because um, Gary Faulkner came down to watch this bowl the Hoosier a few years ago. And he, he'd he been out of the program a year. And he, he stayed and watched the whole block. And he called me back and he says, you know how quiet he is. He goes, Coach, can I ask you a question? He goes, why are you letting him get away with that? You would never (laughs) let us get away with that. I said, Gary, I'm crowing. He, He said, you would have reamed our butts on what they're doing right now. I said, Gary, you guys were men. This is a really young team. If I did that to them, they would pee their pants. And I said, Gary, your dad's a minister. I pray a lot. I'm growing. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to be more patient and realize that, you know, the team. I said, I said, gee, the teams that you bowled on, you guys were men. I mean, Marcela was 24 years old, man. You know, Andro, you guys were men when you got here. I mean, these kids are these. The team they was referring to was very young. So I try to get better every year. I try to really reflect every year on the season and the thing, and be honest with the things that I did well. Um, My one of my life coaches is Dr. Dean. And plus, you know, I've got Randy here and Ruben and Rick and and, uh, you know, Randy doesn't pull any punches, man, you know, and I like that kind Mm -hmm. of feedback. So it's not just, you know, when Kendall was here, we know we're big on reflection Mm. and, and really we have a certain process that we go through after every tournament, after every training. So I have to. It's been very helpful to me to practice that as well, and to not really beat myself up. Um, probably when I was a pro bowler, that was that was the worst thing I ever did, is I was so hard on myself. That um, probably the other thing I would do, Kendall, is I wouldn't be, I wouldn't beat myself up so much when things don't go well, because a lot of this is out of our hands. I can't make them go to school, you know. I can't make them always do the right thing outside of school. But when they don't, I, you know, I feel like I could have done something. So, uh, so that's kind of where how I've grown, Kendall. You know, I I bite my lip a lot more.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's great to hear. That's a great question. That's awesome because again,
0: that's it, a great question, you, Kendall.
2: Is, you're learning just like the just like the students were, just like we were. And you know, the thing about it at the end of the day, and we'll wrap it up after this. You care. You know, and I think to the core of whether you're upset or mad or, you know, kicking car tires or, or whatever it may be, you know, you and you and, and Dawn, you, you didn't have kids. And all 55 or 50 of those students are your kids. And, you know, I don't think really people realize how much sleep you guys lost at night, especially you, because you saw someone failing or not achieving the most to the, the best of their potential. And I think that, much you, you wanted to grab them and shake them, you know, I think that the, what you're describing now, it's like you can only do so much, but you just cared. And that's, that's what, that's what that looks like. So again, I, I always been watching from the outside and it's amazing to see how the team has matured mm-hmm. and you as a coach has matured and it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. And it is, again, it's very, very special Thanks. for you to join us and join us on Thanks. here. And, and it, it means the absolute world to me. And uh I have a lot of joy in my heart being able to do this with you alongside with Tim.
0: Tim's been cooking. Well, you're it you're, you're the best. You're you're the best. We're really proud of you and Giorgio um at Storm and yeah. uh um you know, you'll appreciate this. Um it'll put things into context. Um uh, Ruben does a good job of when the when the kids go to complain about me, you know, Ruben's everybody's friend. Now they're going to see a different side of Ruben <laughs> this year because he's the head coach of the women. And I've told Ruben, now that you're the head coach, you can't be buddy buddy, and you've got to hold them accountable. Because I'm always the bad cop when Ruben's around. Everybody loves Ruben because Ruben, you know, Ruben doesn't make them do stuff, you know. And so Ruben said to me one day, he said, "Listen, I told the kids this. They came to me complaining about you a little bit, and they said, you know, why does Coach always worry about everything? Why does Coach always?" you know go over this and this and this and and Rumis says Dell is really good at worrying about everything and somebody in the program has to be that guy that worries about everything and you know what Dell's really good at it and I'm not <laughs> and I go yeah I guess yeah I guess I do worry about everything and I guess someone has to do it so that would be me <laughs> uh,
1: that's a great, great answer, actually. Yeah, you're right. In that relationship, in a coaching relationship, and in, in any sort of business relationship, one of the, one person has to be the one who worries about stuff.
0: Yeah, so I'm always doing checklists. I'm always working at waking As Ruben says, or as uh, Kendall says, I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and an idea will pop in my head. And when I go to that person and say, hey, listen, I was thinking about you last night. I woke up, and they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, When, listen, when I quit talking to you and I ignore you, but not disrespectfully, but I go, then, you know, I've given up on you. if I'm still being a pain in the, you know what, and and bugging you and encouraging you and you're you're getting irritated by it, it's because I care and I'm pushing you and I, I'm trying to get you in the right direction. But when I give up and there's been a few kids where I've just kind of thrown the towel in and moved on and, uh, you know, then then you got something to worry about.
2: I agree.
1: And on that note, Del Warren, director of bowling and uh, head coach of the men's team there at Weber International, all the best of luck moving forward this year. Although we, you'll probably say, and you'll probably add to this that we all we make our own luck. There is no such thing. You know, you guys through preparation and practice and, and everything else will. Well um we'll 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 see what happens on the lane. So thank you again for taking all this time to join with us. All the uh all the best going forward and we'll certainly catch up with you again down the road.
0: Guys, thanks for what you're doing. Kendall, I miss you. I love you lots. Um thanks for what you love do you uh for college bowling and bowling in general and uh I think um you know, I think the best product in all of bowling is college bowling. And if we could just take the energy at some of these tournaments and the enthusiasm—we could bottle it up. I think there'd be numbers like there were in the '80s, bowling centers full and comp- competition. We just have to figure out a way because bowling, cause college bowling, is so exciting. And uh, I'm just—the uh, best thing I've ever done in my life. Um, it trumps PBA. You know, I'm really proud of my career, my little 10 little window that I've competed at. But this is—this um, has been the best thing i've ever done is is be a part of a, a program so thanks for what you do guys um, appreciate it I miss you kendall
2: miss and love you too you mean the world to me and uh um, thank you for everything you've done for, for the sport of bowling and from my life as well so thank you